0: This is Fair Issues on the Mormon Faircast. This week's article is entitled Keeping the Faith, Geographical Inconsistencies in Great Lakes Model by Michael R. Ash, read by Ned Skarsbrick. This and other articles by Michael Ash can be found at DeseretNews.com. This article was used by permission of the author and the Deseret News. While the past few installments have engaged some of the more common non-geographical claims that Great Lakes proponents propose for Book of Mormon geography, it's time to deal with the geographical issues. Like most of the other models discussed in this series, the Great Lakes model is a limited geography. The model consists of a land northward, a land southward, a narrow neck between the two and large bodies of water, defined as seas that flank parts of the proposed geography. To emphasize what I've already stated many times in this series, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has no official position on the location of Book of Mormon events and no revelation has been given regarding such locations. In the absence of revelation, we are left on our own to examine, analyze, and debate the issue. I am certainly open to all the new evidences and data on this topic, but I have yet to see how the Great Lakes data supports the Book of Mormon text on geographical, cultural, archaeological, and climatological requirements and inferences, following our sampling of the geographical problems with the Great Lakes model. 1. According to Alma 63, Hagoth, a Nephite shipbuilder, launched his ship, a large ship, see verse 6, into the West Sea in order to explore new territory. Great Lakes advocates typically identify Lake Michigan as the West Sea and suggest Hagoth could have followed the Great Lakes to the ocean. Such a route for a large vessel would probably not have been possible until the construction of the Erie Canal in 1825. Prior to that time, any vessel would have to cross Niagara Falls to reach the ocean. 2. Great Lakes proponents typically claim that the Mississippi River was the ancient Sidon River. According to the Book of Mormon, the head of the Sidon was a narrow strip of wilderness, and the water flowed from south to north. The Mississippi, on the other hand, runs from north to south, and the headwaters are in Lake Atasca in Minnesota not in a narrow strip of wilderness. 3. There are a number of mismatches between a Great Lakes model and the geographical relationships of Book of Mormon lands and other lands or bodies of water. For example, according to the Book of Mormon, Bountiful is north of Zarahemla, while the Great Lakes proponents would put it southeast of Zarahemla, although the Book of Mormon tells us that Zarahemla is directly north of the Land of Nephi, the Great Lakes model has Bountiful directly north of the land Nephi. In the Book of Mormon, we discover that a narrow strip of wilderness separates the land of Nephi from the land of Zarahemla. But in the Great Lakes model, the land of Bountiful separates the land of Nephi from the land of Zarahemla. The land of Nephi is described as stretching from the East Sea to the West. But in the Great Lakes model, And doesn't touch any sea. In the Book of Mormon, the sea is west of Zarahemla and the land Bountiful, while in the Great Lakes model, it is east of Zarahemla and north of Bountiful. We also are told that there are seashores to the west of Zarahemla and Nephi, but no such seashores are found west of the Zarahemla or the Nephite area in the Great Lakes model. The Book of Mormon tells us that the hill Camora is in the land of desolation north of the narrow neck of land in the Great Lakes model, desolation is the area above and between the great Lakes in order to get to it. However, one must either cross or travel around the sea east, which is south of desolation. Dr. John Clark, a professional New world archaeologist, points out the problem for Great Lakes proponents when it comes to any theory as how the Book of Mormon arrived in the region. According to Great Lakes theories, the Book of Mormon peoples crossed the Atlantic from the east instead of the Pacific on the west, as proposed by most other models. Clark writes, But such landings present logistical difficulties. How did the ocean craft sail upstream and over shallows? Rapids and falls to reach the Great Lakes, hundreds of miles inland. Such a route would have been extremely difficult, and it certainly could not have been the first landing by any stretch of the imagination. In truth, all Great Lakes geographical models have difficulties with the water passages of the text. They have potential seas in all directions, but no easy way for their travelers to get to them from the Atlantic Ocean. Those who wish to believe that Mediterranean peoples landed in the Great Lakes near Kirtland, Ohio, need to show the feasibility of such a trip. So far, they have not established a credible case. End of quote. These are just a few of the geographical inconsistencies that, at least for me, create serious problems with the Great Lakes model. If you like this podcast... You can help promote it by subscribing to it on iTunes or by rating it and writing a review. Post a link on your blog and Facebook page and tell your friends about us. Questions or comments about this episode can be sent to podcast at fairlds.org or join the conversation at fairblog.org. Michael Ash is the author of the book Shaken Faith Syndrome, Strengthening One's Testimony in the Face of Criticism and Doubt as well as the book of Faith and Reason, 80 Evidences Supporting the Prophet Joseph Smith. Both books are available for purchase online through the Fair Bookstore. Music for this episode was provided courtesy of Lawrence Green. The opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or that of Fair Mormon.